everybody welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're looking at a book that it has taken me so long to finish um, and this is The Lost Book of Salem by Catherine Howe. I believe it's also um, released under a different title which is like The Physic Book of Deliverance Dane or something like that. Also by Catherine Howe obviously so don't get those two confused I think they're the same book. And this was in one of my what I've been buying videos. I can't remember if it was recommended by someone or if it was just one that I happened to come across. Uh, but here is the blurb. While clearing out her grandmother's cottage for sale, Connie Goodwin finds a parchment inscribed with the name Deliverance Dane, and so she steps into a mystery that dates from 1692 in Salem and the infamous witchcraft trials. Nothing is entirely as it seems, and when Connie unearths the existence of Deliverance's spellbook, the Physic Book, the situation takes on a menacing edge as interested parties reveal their desperation to find this precious artifact at any cost. What secrets does the physic book contain? What magic is scrawled across its parchment pages? Connie must race to answer these questions and reveal the truth about Salem's women before an ancient family curse fulfills its dark and devastating prophecy. I feel like that blurb overstates some elements of the plot. For example, the family curse. Kind of barely important. But there we go. Um, so I had some conflicting things about this book. I enjoyed the plot, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit in a moment, but I felt like it was way too long. It's over 460 pages, which is quite a chunky read, although not like the longest book out there, but it did feel like there were some pacing issues, and I'm going to 50% blame myself and the book for that. I blame the book for that because there was a lot of kind of irrelevant stuff in there and it really took its sweet time getting to a lot of the like important and dramatic moments. 50% of it is on me because I did keep putting it down to go and do other things, namely playing Fallout 4. Um, so I may have lost the thread of it in a few places and just not really been that invested in the story. So I'm going to half blame the book and half blame myself and I feel like that way I'm covered. So we meet Connie at the start. She's doing like an exam that she needs to do for her university. I think it's Harvard to get onto their PhD program or like continue on their PhD program and to be honest that is probably encapsulating quite a lot of the issues I had. A lot of this book is about academics uh, like in a country where I don't live so I didn't really care that much even if I was American probably still wouldn't care that much. It's very niche as a subject like I don't know who's meant to be interested in academics in a university. It, it, it just seems very niche to me. And a lot about like library catalogues and researching and how resources are um, tracked down and how they are looked at and assessed and all of this other stuff. And it just felt like, obviously this is something that the person writing this book finds fascinating. But I feel like the other people who weren't the author who were responsible for this book should have at some point said, hey, this is an interesting and it's kind of slowing down the actual plot. Maybe we should cut at least 100 words, 100 pages from it so that it's not as slow as it currently is. Because this thing moves along at the pace of a long, slow summer. And I get that that's kind of part of the idea of it. It's a book that takes place over a summer. It takes place in this kind of idyllic moment of falling in love and discovering things. But all of that is kind of lost under a lot of very plodding, musty, fusty details. Another thing that kind of annoyed me is that the book is about finding Deliverance's 
physic book. Uh, the main character, Connie, is tracking this across centuries, across different uh, places. So it goes from one member of the family to another, and then it's sold to a guy who then sells it to a different guy. And we see every step of this journey. We see her going to these like probate records and looking through all the paperwork. She goes to an auction house and talks to them about their paperwork. She goes to libraries and collectors and goes through all of their paperwork. And it's all about finding this book. And you would think, based on the fact that the title of the book is The Lost Book of Salem, that she, she would find this fairly quickly. But she doesn't find it until page 379, which is... I guess understandable, maybe the whole book is meant to be about the journey of trying to find this book, and that's fine by me. But my issue was that, basically, she gets to a point where she works out that this book is actually in the library of a sister college, and that she needs to go there to find it. And then we get a flashback, there's, there's many flashback chapters to, like, the Salem Witch Trial times and the subsequent generations. And then Connie just has the book. She dragged me to library, after auction house, after fucking county court records office, and then it doesn't even show her finding the book. What a scene to miss out. Anywho, the overall plot of the book, as I said, pretty enjoyable, I liked it. Basically, Connie is a little bit estranged from her mum, who's into all this new age stuff, like aura cleansing and energy healing. And her mum is a bit scatty and has forgotten to deal with Connie's grandmother's house after her passing. So it's just been sat there. And now she owes a bunch of property tax on it because the local laws have changed. So Connie, being a local to the area, which I think is like Marblehead, Massachusetts, she gets sent up there for the summer to clear the house out and make it ready for sale. And this place is a mouldering hovel. It doesn't have electricity. Uh, it doesn't have a phone line or anything. It's very, very old house built in kind of puritan times and it's basically overgrown in this wilderness forest and i really loved the section at the start of the book where she goes there and she finds this place and it's all creepy and cool and interesting and she's looking through all the plants in the garden like why there's so many different poisonous plants and stuff growing here why there's so many mysterious jars of herb matter in the kitchen etc etc then she goes about starting to try and track this book down because basically the plot is she needs this as a primary source for her thesis research and her thesis advisor uh, chilton professor chilton is very keen that she finds this book and he gives bad vibes right from the off and then turns out to be the bad guy who the blurb tells you about the, the other forces looking for this book there is very little nuance there it, it's very clear from the off that he's weird and bad. You hear him having secret phone conversations about how he desperately needs to find something. So it's not that hard to guess. But obviously then the book plays coy for 400 pages. Uh, which just kind of makes the main character look stupid. But anyway, he's after the book. He gets her to go and search for this book after she finds the, the name delivered stain. And she spends most of the book trying to find it. At the same time, falling in love with a local steeplejack who does, like, restoration of, like, historic properties. I said restoration, weird. And falling in love with him and going swimming in lakes and ponds and having long, involved conversations about their interest in history. Can you tell that I wasn't feeling it? I, I just didn't... I have very little time for the romance in this book. And then eventually she does find the book, and she does so because at a certain point her love interest falls mysteriously ill and needs help. 
and she thinks that the only way to help him would be to find this magical healing book and, and use it on him. From that point on, I really enjoyed the story because stuff was actually happening. She was, she found the book at last. She was reading it, learning about it, having lots of interesting thoughts about how uh, through generations we all understand magic differently and we all call the same thing different things. So for example, back in Salem, this was called like physic and now her mum does energy healing and aura cleansing. And it's basically the, the same deed by a different name. Uh, similarly, a lot of the flashbacks were quite interesting, although meticulously over-detailed in terms of history. There were just a lot of names, a lot of description, a lot of impenetrable detail, which I could have done without. So the, the ending of the book I really enjoyed. An issue that I did have was, from the slow pace of it, the way it was so grounded in the mundane, the, the visits to libraries, the card catalogues, the lengthy descriptions of research and academia. I was not expecting this to be a fantasy novel, and yet when she does find an actual spell and reads it, it creates glowing orbs of power which cause plants to grow before her very eyes. And I just felt like that came out of nowhere. I was expecting this to be very magical realism, that she would find the book a lot earlier and would begin maybe casually experimenting with contents just for funsies. And then we would see some results and we would see Connie's struggle to match that up with her very dry academic understanding uh, and her reluctance to believe in anything like what her mum believes in um, be put up against the undeniable results of her magic and that we would slowly work towards a kind of crescendo where she would have to rely more on that. That doesn't really happen. It, it's in the last kind of quarter of the novel that she discovers that she has actual magic powers. Obviously has to believe in them because she sees them with her own eyes. And then gets into like a kind of magical battle and then the book ends. So that felt like weirdly paced to me. It felt like it was very end loaded with everything interesting. And I didn't really start enjoying the book until the sort of 400 page mark. I also didn't really warm to Connie much as a character. She felt quite superior to everyone else that she spoke to. She was very down on her mum, her mum's beliefs. She kept getting angry with her for being slightly scatterbrained. Um, when they went to a like witch shop in Salem, she's very openly scornful, not just to Sam, her boyfriend who has accompanied her, but to the proprietor, like mocking stuff within earshot of her and making fun of like paganism and Wicca in general. Not a way to win favour with me, <laughs> I have to say. And through it all, she just seems like she thinks that she's better than everybody else. But there's also this undercurrent of the fact that she is also quite ignorant. Her Tutor gives me bad vibes from chapter one. He has glittering eyes and he seems very um, kind of patriarchal and patronising towards her. But she just kind of laps it up. She's just like, oh, senpai, teach me more. And it's like, it, you seem kind of grovelly in these sections and it doesn't make me like you very much. So the main character either felt bland in the moments where she was doing research because research not really conducive to showing us a lot about her personality, or felt superior and therefore unlikable. So didn't really have a great time with that. So I think this is a case of this book not really being for me, and maybe other people would like it, a sort of slow burn, research and information heavy novel. It, to me, it, it was just a little bit dull. 
there were some interesting gems in there, uh, some talk of like witch bottles, some interesting uh, asides on how the phrase bewitchment has different meanings. So like the modern meaning to people tends to be like they think someone's under a spell or magic has been worked on them. But like historically, it just meant something happened to them which wasn't natural or organic in nature. So instead of them just being like naturally a little bit ill, they had been poisoned or someone was working on them from an outside perspective to make them that way, not necessarily even with magic. Um, so that was quite interesting. Uh, a lot of the bits about the Salem witch trials and the women being detained and tortured, those were very affecting and very interesting, um, as were kind of the ruminations of Deliverance Dane herself, who, having been arrested and tried as a witch, is obviously also a witch. So she's not innocent to like some of the other women who are being um, arrested. And her kind of thoughts on that are interesting as well. So from that score, it was interesting. It did teach me a lot, but I really struggled to stay engaged with the actual story because it felt more like a framework onto which lessons and historical essays had been bolted on and not a sort of story that was meant to be entertaining in its own right, at least not until the end, where we get more character to character interaction. Because for the most part of like the midsection of the novel, a lot of it is just Connie on her own thinking. And there isn't a huge amount of dialogue or interplay between characters to keep it interesting and fast paced. I'm going to read just a little section. This was from the beginning of chapter two on page 28, and it kind of encompasses some of that dry uh, detail that I'm talking about. Uh, fairly long paragraphs, a lot of detail, a lot of description. Um, so just bear with and listen to this. And if you can read 460 pages of this, this is probably the book for you. Since arriving at Harvard three years ago, Connie had shared three dark wood-panelled rooms in a building that had, a century before, been a private dormitory for capable young Harvard men. It now had desultory pairs of grad students who shuttled heads down between library and home. Over the decades, Southern Stall Court's gilded age splendour had faded behind successive layers of tobacco smoke, city grime and plaster patching. Sometimes Connie thought she could feel the building's palpable disdain for its sliding fortunes. Dark oak shelves now crowded with Connie's history books and Liz's Latin classics had held generation after generation of uncracked Greek textbooks and Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Even the brick fireplace evinced its contempt, belching forth smoke and ash on the rare occasions when the women attempted to kindle a fire. Connie tried to picture the anonymous long-dead boys who had once lived in their rooms, buttoned into woolen suits, experimenting with pipes as an affectation, shuffling cards for bridge. Some of these boys had brought valets with them to college, and Connie wondered which room had been the servant's room, hers or Liz's. And she weaved her way alone down Mount Auburn Street, after a blurry evening spent celebrating at Abner's, she reflected, probably hers. It had the smaller window, the campus clock tower bonged once in the distance, and Connie's tired hand fell on the dormitory apartment's brass doorknob. The whiteboard nailed to her front door bore a scrawled note from the two chemistry students down the hall, wishing her luck on her qualifying exam, along with a cartoon version of her with a giant light bulb illuminated over her head. Connie sighed and smiled. She could not remember the last time she felt unambiguously pleased with herself. Maybe when she had graduated from Mount Holyoke, that was a pretty satisfying day. She had not even known she was getting Magna Cum Laude until she read her name in the class day programme. 
Perhaps once more when she was accepted into Harvard for graduate school a year after that, but nothing since then. For the first time really, since beginning her PhD program, Connie felt secure. Validated. So that's a page and a half. Those are some real long sentences, long paragraphs, a lot of detail. I feel like in paragraphs like that, you can either have your character ruminating on the past or you could have them dropping exposition about their life. To do both at the same time takes a long time. In that package, in that passage, like over a page, she's literally just arrived at a door and we're not really learning a huge amount about her as a character. We're just learning a lot of information being kind of slammed into us about her academic career and the history of the building and all of this stuff and it doesn't really tell me a huge amount about the story it's just a lot of detail to get bogged down in so if you found that an interesting section this is the book for you because it's full of details like that and passages like that thinking about the past uh, and then later on there was obviously witchy content but like i said it is a very slow burner so don't go into it expecting the kind of thrilling narrative that the back of the book promises about like ancient curses and people after this book because it doesn't ever really come to that. I hope you've enjoyed this review. If you have other books you'd like to recommend to me, get in touch in any of the usual ways. You can find details of how to do so in the description box as well as links to purchase my books if you would like to do so and to the reading list. Uh, which you can vote on to see which book uh, you want me to read next. If you can push that further up the list, I'll get to it a lot sooner. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!